Welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 87, recorded on December 3rd, 2017. My name is Evan Minto, and I am your host. And with me, as always, is David Estrella. What's up, guys? I can't believe it. 87. I feel like well, the numbers keep on climbing, and every time I mention it, I'm just I'm continuously surprised. Uh, well, if, I think we'd have a, a weird, maybe like a kind of postmodern podcast if we were not just having the numbers increase one at a time every time we release Maybe an they episode. should decrease, actually. That'd be really cool. Uh, yeah, that'd be a cool gimmick. Are we going to go back down from 87? Yeah, we're going we're to return to zero, actually. It's like, uh, it's like in Fate Zero, where the episode counts went in reverse. Did they? I don't even remember that. The episode counts in Fate Zero? They like start at 26 or something? Oh, no, no. It was a timer. It was a timer to like... Okay. Yeah, to to that to that fire in uh, Fuyuki City. Yeah, I remember now. It's like a That'd countdown. Be cool, That'd be cool though. I want to see. Yeah, I want to see a countdown. Okay. I mean, it seems like that would be difficult to have a podcast where the numbers run in reverse because you well, no, need to know how you, many well, episodes you had. You know, in the you, beginning. you're like it's like a I don't know, probably like a Kojima esque uh, tactic where you just like game the minds of all the listeners, where you're thinking like, well, what what are we counting down for? And it's like actually it, the Turns out it's all viral marketing for another Marvel Netflix show. Well, no, it's it's, the, it's for another podcast. It's like you hit zero, <laughs> and then that podcast ends, and you start the real podcast, and that was all just marketing. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've done data. Like, you've done three hundred episodes as viral marketing for the real podcast. The funny thing is, like, data, information, and media is like it's all extremely fake, and if you just switch it up a little bit, you just like really set people into a panic. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what's all? What also probably has at least some of you panicking is uh we're not talking about near on this episode apologies mm-hmm. uh we mm-hmm. we uh promised that we, previously we thought we were so close yeah we were actually pretty close we and it didn't happen seemed so near but in fact uh it was mm. quite quite far um mm, that's good we just had some trouble scheduling the episode so we're doing a uh pretty a kind of news and question centric episode uh before we move on to Hopefully, do near. We have a couple other topics coming up that we're trying to schedule. Some cool guests to have on. So, are we are we gonna make it before 2018? I sure hope so. <laughs> With your support and <laughs> your kind of donations. That's right. Oh, well, we don't really have donations set up. Uh, uh, we'll fix that. I guess you could always. Uh, no, I, I can't even think of a way that people could currently donate. We don't have like a PO box for people to just like send us. <laughs> beer or something (laughs) (laughs) evan you don't drink i know but it would be for you it would yeah so you could judge their beer choices okay uh anyway we actually uh we we met up in new york recently because i was back for thanksgiving which is also part of why we haven't had an episode in a little while yeah that was fun we should do that more often yeah you could you took took me to it was it was us and our friend steven who was uh on the i city episode a while back trying to get uh, it back onto you, something else oh yeah you took yeah. us to a curry place soup curry place what was it soup called Soup curry okay so you guys went for the soup curry i went for the like the regular thick thick curry I, that's probably got a name uh normal curry, normal curry. <laughs> <laughs> you thought so hard and the the result was no no uh, it was not regular curry evan this place had yeah. the best menu though david it was good it was I a good menu because it made you it menu. made you feel like a chump yeah, yeah, it was called, so it's called Goemon Curry, uh, and it's in, like, uh, where is it in New York? Soho. Where did we go? It was in Soho, right? Yeah, Soho. So they have, like, the soup curry, which is, like, a, a thinner curry than the normal Japanese curry that you usually get, the, like, thick gravy-like curry, right? 
uh, and they advertise in the menu. They're like soup curry. It's our specialty. You got to get the soup curry, right? And then they have some other options. And then at the end, they have like normal ass curry, right? <laughs> and <laughs> they go hard on the on the normal curry. So, well, the, the, okay, the, there's two parts, actually. I forgot. On this last page, it's got the bit about, like, the the soba the soba thing they have or whatever, uh, or soba-flavored curry, and they're like, this mild and rich taste of curry makes you feel nostalgic. No one knows if it's roux or soup, cur- soup curry, but it doesn't matter. Be tasty is only justice, which oh. actually sounds like a, like a line from a trigger show, so I'm, like, really into it. Be tasty yes. is only justice. <laughs> This is the joint where Infernal Cop would go to. That's right. This is where Infernal Cop would get his uh, his curry in uh, Jackknife Edge Town. I almost said New Jack City, which is basically <laughs> the same joke. <laughs> anyway, so the, this this like normal curry, it says actually Yakuza's soup curry is our best recommendation. But this word mamas, I guess it's like mamas curry. This word mamas seems to attract you to have it. Traditional Japanese curry with our touch. A standard curry for the beginners who don't know what the tasty curry is. Oh. It's so good. Oh. It, it's, a, it's a menu that negs you into buying the right curry. <laughs> it's a pickup artist menu. Yeah, you know, I, at first I was trying to sell you guys on that curry, but there's actually like the premium regular curry, which is that but better. I just, I don't know what the difference is though. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's like if you're, if you're basic but you're like premium basic <laughs> premium basic yeah, yeah that's, that's right. what that's the good stuff so um anyway that was cool and then we went to barcade which barcade uh, i just know. destroyed you guys in marvel these things are all over the place now like we have one in, <laughs> we have a bunch in san francisco it's like brewcade or something i don't know if i have i was like do i have thoughts do i have like insightful thoughts on barcades no except that you got destroyed look i was destroying you guys for a little bit in street okay, fighter was that alpha 2 though that was weird. I don't remember. Well, I definitely we got destroyed this- in... What did we play that you... Well, you eventually ninja. destroyed me in Alpha 2, right? You got destroyed in Ninja. You got destroyed in Street Fighter. You got destroyed in Marvel. And Pinball too. I did get destroyed. I get... Oh, I did get destroyed in Marvel and in Pinball. I'm bad at games. That's why I host <laughs> a podcast about them. It's the only yeah. thing I'm, I'm maybe marginally good at in video games is talking about them. I think it came close on Pac-Man, though, but Pac-Man was so expensive. It was yeah. like, what, $3 a session? That was like uh, Pac-Man Battle Royale, right? Yeah. Yeah. That game is great. I it's, don't it's think I really played that good. before. If it was less money, it would be. I would be on that. Yeah, we would have just spent the rest of the night there. So people maybe don't know what Pac-Man Battle Royale is. I didn't know what it was before we played it. I think I might have seen oh, it at great. arcades before and stuff, but like, it's it's uh like a four player versus you know, like you know battle royale style like pac-man game where yeah. when you it's it's like relatively straightforward it's like normal pac-man but instead of when you get like the big dots you eat the ghosts it's like you can eat the ghosts or the other players and like multiple yeah. people can be in that mode at any given time and then like they can't eat each other but they can eat the <laughs> and smaller they just ones. bounce off the physics are so good yeah and it's just and it's, then you do like drifts into the corners and it's like there's sparks flying it's a great party game yeah, it's like really frantic and it has a lot of strategy, but it's all like very twitchy strategy, right? You're like have to do it in the moment and just like immediately make a decision. Yeah, what sucks though is like a match can end in like five seconds if you're just not in a good situation. If you just get bumped into like the wrong corner of the of the of the map. 
you know, in a lot of ways, the pace of it and stuff, like in, in that way, it's kind of similar to um, Towerfall in some ways. Never Obviously, like it. the mechanics are completely different, but like uh, both of them, I think I think Towerfall kind of steals the Pac-Man thing of like you can go off the edge of the map and then you pop out on the other edge. But also like like Battle Royale, you just like a lot of matches start and then within 30 seconds, like everybody but two people are dead and then it's a one-on-one thing. <laughs> Like in real battle royale. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was uh, that was cool. That was, that was a good uh, night. New York adventure. I like going back. I miss it. Living out yeah, here you in San stay. Francisco. I yeah, kind of want you to. Should, you should come leave back and stay. SF and you should stay in <laughs> NY. Yeah. Well, Danica's is there too, so uh, I wouldn't be saying goodbye to all my San Francisco friends if I did that. What are we gonna tell? What are we gonna talk to these people about? Let's tell them what the gonna go over some some news we have uh have some anime and some video game news uh and little, little manga news a little bit of uh, very <laughs> very interesting Whoa. manga news that came up uh recently about a certain very famous manga artist and we are going to talk a bit about in this corner of the world and probably fate apocrypha so let's get into that david mm-hmm. you watched this uh ninja batman batman ninja trailer i did I did. I just, I like, I accidentally hit play on my, uh, on my timeline and I ended up watching the trailer. I I had no intentions of actually watching the trailer, but I ended up watching it anyway. It's kind of cool. It's like a, you know, Batman anime co-production type thing. I forget exactly who's like bankrolling it. It's uh, definitely Warner Brothers, right? The thing is like, I am, I'm like beyond exhausted with superhero stuff. Oh yeah. Like if I just if I like if I never ran into another Batman thing for like fifteen years, I would be I would be very good. However, however, this thing has uh it looks like it's gonna have some pretty sick action sequences. Oh yeah. Well and it's uh right? man, the staff is the main thing about this that that gets me. Right, because you know, I'm like a staff yeah. nerd. So if you give me the right staff, like I don't even care. I'm gonna give you a chance to rattle off some names because I'm pretty sure you know. All right. Okay. So let's, let's hear. It. Written by my man, your man too, Kazuki Nakashima, who wrote Gurren Lagann and uh, Kill La Kill. Okay. Right, and a lot of people put what makes those things good on Imaishi. But if you watch enough, I mean, I love Imaishi and it, those shows would not be the same without Imaishi. But if you watch Imaishi's other stuff and compare to those shows, <laughs> like Imaishi <laughs> does all the super wacky cartoony stuff, but the, the kind of pacing and things that make those shows kind of have that, that energy to them that people really love. I think that's all, like a lot of that comes from Nakashima. Um, so it's pretty cool okay. to have him writing this. And it's animated by the best CG studio in Japan, Kamikaze oh. Doga. Oh, The okay. people who are doing... Pop Team Epic. Pop Team Epic, correct. Yes. Uh, and they, they do this really cool... kind of. It's like a CG style with a lot of 2D effects and stuff, and it's not quite... Like, yeah, it looks like... It's 3D, but it doesn't look like Appleseed. Right, and it also doesn't look like it's... It's not just directly aping 2D anime, but it's, like, right. it's it's inspired by on. 2D anime's stylization yeah. in an interesting way. And in a way, it kind of, like, reminds me of, like, uh, the, the arc system works fighters. I don't know. A arc, little bit, yeah. The arc fighters, like, when they uh, did those transitions into more, like, 3D sort of uh, character looks. Although a lot, of, a lot of that stuff, they swear, is, like, actually, like, 2D animated, but I think... I think that I don't know if it's them or if it was SNK that did um, 
like this blend of 2D and 3D. Are you talking about the the Guilty Gear stuff? Xrd. Yeah. I mean, yeah. those are those Dragon are a little Ball. more like trying to make you think that they're 2D, right? Like that's yeah. they're just very very good at it compared to most anime like yeah. 3D anime studios. But I guess what I like about Kamikaze Doga is they're like not trying to trick you into thinking it's 2D. It's like no, this is 3D, but it's again like inspired by the the stylization that goes into 2D right. anime. Uh, they did the I've talked about them before. The thing that everybody knows them for is the JoJo's 3 3D openings before they switched to 2D openings. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting, and the character designs are also from uh, Takashi Okazaki, the creator of Afro Samurai, which is an obvious choice, right? Because it's like that kind of American centric, cool Japan. You know, the guy gets early it. It's, it's so cool Japan. Like, that's the thing. It's like it's so cool Japan to the point of parody. Yeah. Yeah. Just I mean, they, obviously, the, this whole concept is a perfect distillation of cool japan it's like what if we took batman we made him a ninja yeah and i love that how it opens up where he's like he just teleports into japan like no explanation whatsoever works for me i mean he maybe he's not bruce wayne right he's like um uh but bruce buchi wait what yeah, but also people have correctly pointed out doesn't really seem like a ninja. They all kind of seem like samurai. They do. So why isn't it called Batman Samurai or Samurai yeah. Batman? Yeah, for a ninja, he. That's the thing though. Batman is like super sneaky, and in the trailer so far, we haven't seen any sneaking around. Yeah, there's very little sneaking. It's it's sneakless. He's like running from explosions. He's got the whole squad running behind him. Oh yeah, it's um, uh, it's. It it is very like as non ninja as it possibly can be. I think on paper, Batman Ninja seems kind of cool. Has potential to be good. Uh, these things are never good though, so it probably won't be. <laughs> I'm gonna say that now, probably, and then yeah. hopefully be proven wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know the problem is it'll probably come out just like a little bit brainless and undercooked. Mm-hmm. But probably a few too many just... a few too many cooks in the kitchen i'd imagine is usually the problem with these kinds of co-productions well that'd be ironic if it comes out undercooked it's like if you've got five guys deciding to like put something out and they just decide it's gonna be a 40 minute long ova and nothing gets developed and yeah yeah i mean i i'm just saying like because i i did a little bit of work on original content type stuff at crunchyroll and i'm familiar with the fact that on projects like these there's like very often you have like that Japanese creative team and then you have like a bunch of producers in Japan and then you have producers uh, in the U S and you have like, just there's uh, too many interests involved. And then, you know, they're like, Oh, well actually you have to do this with Batman. Uh, actually the American audience is going to like it a little better when you do this. Right. Like, and very often the that Americans screws it like up. it better. The Americans like it better when you give them a, a machine gun right. and have them blow away crowds. Well, I think it's not even that the people on the American side asking for stuff are like totally wrong. But it's it's just there's too many variables. There's too many people making requests, right? It's going to come out really fucked up. But people are going to watch it anyway. Right. That said, sometimes these things turn out well. I liked Afro Samurai. So that was the time where it actually worked. Granted, that was a new property, not a not, you know, an existing big franchise like Batman. But oh, right. the Animatrix, too, I liked. That's a that's pretty good. So we will see. In brief positive news, I don't know how much uh, how much we're gonna have to say about this, but uh, there's a new Anime Ego Kickstarter for uh, 
for gunsmith cats did you ever support any of the previous ones they did like uh otaku no video and uh to be to be honest i'm like super against kickstarter i'm like i've got one last project that i backed three years ago that i'm still waiting for for a delivery uh uh-huh what was uh which one was that that was uh it was the uh, omo cat game um, that was a kodomono g-con right you supported what so you're still you're still waiting uh i guess that you still that, haven't gotten your reward alliance... from the kodomono g-con kickstarter it's okay it's you know a lot of people still was waiting actually, on that was there actually a kickstarter i for think that so one? there was some kind of crowdfunding wow. thing might have been indiegogo wow i don't know maybe, maybe that's something to uh investigate in so now that that's on the record and that's, that's what david record. definitely put his money into <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I I would consider supporting the Gunsmith Cats one because I have not owned Gunsmith Cats. Like I've never watched it or Do you owned need it. To? Is it good? Uh, Riding Bean's good, and it's the same creator and stuff. It's uh, Kenichi Sonoda, and the same characters also. That's like I don't the same know. it looks like it looks like old anime for old people. Yeah, me. I mean, I'm an old You're anime fan old. trapped in a young anime fan's body youngish i guess yes. getting older i don't know you've been you've been hanging around the old folks too long exactly but i i got the i got their like bubblegum crisis release when they did that a while back i don't i, don't, I didn't support the otaku no video or the riding bean ones because i think i was just less into those than i was into bubblegum crisis but man i forget if i've talked about it on this show the anime ego fans, like the the old fans, n- not the old fans I hang out with who are cool, but like the bad ones, right? <laughs> they just destroyed that Bubblegum Crisis release because they were able to vote on what was going to be in it. And they voted for all this stupid shit. Like, oh, I want a challenge coin. I want like a patch for my leather jacket. I was like, what? Get like put an interview in like with the creators in there. Put like a commentary track, like an art book. No. <laughs> No, you know what it is with the nerds. I got um, I got the Fate Extella set for the PlayStation Vita, and it's got like the dumbest shit in it. First of all, the box is made to be like a book, like it's got a bookmark thing, but it's like a fake bookmark because it just like it's just a flap that opens up. It's got a tapestry. Now, Evan, what do I do with a tapestry with anime girls printed on it? What's it good for? I think it's it's good for uh, as it's like a talisman to ward off the ladies from uh. <laughs> having sex with you in your room <laughs> i honestly thought it was just like to wipe this like the grime off my body from playing fate extella for an extended period of time and it came it came with cards they're not like trading cards or anything because every set has the same <laughs> cards but they're just like they're they're just cards with art printed on them and the art is stuff that you can see in the art book that it comes with the art book's pretty okay it's got sketches but other than that it's like why all of this stuff why is this box so big why can't i just get all of this digitally just like just put it inside the game i mean the physical stuff isn't even my problem it's just it's the fact that it's like it's stuff that's just like tchotchkes right but the physical (laughs) stuff is that is the problem because that's what the nerds want it's like they're just drawn by stuff swag feel with their hands right but i mean I, I like having like a book right i mean like an art book is nice a book is fine but that's because of the content not because i want a physical object right it's because like it's because it has art in it and you know right. usually some yeah. text and some interesting information about the art but like it's these people who don't like like th- they wanted postcards with like the same promo art that's been in use forever <laughs> right 
like not any kind of special new art. It's just this, the same eight postcards with the same eight pieces of promo yes. art, right? And they want yes. all these stupid tchotchkes that were basically like just like swag you'd get at a convention or something. It's like, no. But you know how people go insane at conventions to get like postcards and posters and they're all they're all just like like the most stock art. It's not right. like there's nothing there's nothing unique to it. That said, I do have those up in my room, but only the good ones. So I have some bad news for you, David. I know we talked about bad news. We talked about Roroni Kenshin, talked about the new chapter of it I know, last I know episode you're excited or a couple to, episodes. To read some new I know you were excited to read some new Kenshin. Yeah, I was. I was like, oh, interesting, some new Kenshin. And but now there's a new chapter in the Kenshin saga, uh, or in uh-huh. the, the meta Kenshin saga, and it's that Nobuhiro Watsuki mm. is a piece of shit, mm. <laughs> or is accused of being a piece of shit, uh, pedophile who collected child porn. And we're not talking about the cartoon <laughs> kind, the kind we're that that, uh, that like, David says is, is definitely good and okay. The cartoon kind, right? Is that true? Because you you supported the Kodomo G Con Kickstarter. I'm just gonna keep throwing what? you under the bus. What? <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> Uh, no, it's like real legit. Uh, legit is not the right word for that, but it's actual child porn that uh, he's accused of. No, collecting. In this case, it's 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 legitimate and how illegitimate it is. Yes. in terms of being not legal at all. Yeah, it's just like a, the ongoing saga of uh, every single uh, male celebrity it's, or person you might potentially look uh, up to is yeah. actually a complete and utter piece of shit. It's uh wow. So even like manga and anime and video game people are not they're not safe from it the thing it's, is uh, being a piece of shit is like it's universal that's right the thing is it's not that surprising because this has happened before in the same magazine even like they've they've hired popular manga artists who were like actual pedophiles before <laughs> do you remember what happened with the, the toriko guy the Toriko guy got arrested. Uh, yeah, he got he got like arrested, and he was in jail, I think, for a bit for uh, having sex with like a sixteen year old or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, and there, I think, like he's still making Toriko. <laughs> they were like, "Come on back, make the food manga some more." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I guess back back in those days, it was just easier to forget about that sort of thing happening. Yeah, but I mean, for me personally. Despite the fact that I made a joke that everybody was like, please don't joke about child pornography, but I made a joke on Twitter about it. Uh, at the, I mean, not at, not intending to obviously be at the expense of the actual like children who are. Oh, I in didn't here, expect. But, I didn't expect that from you, you know, Evan. Because um, obviously it is a serious issue. Anyway, I'm like, I'm pretty. It, it it like hit me pretty hard like i think it hit a lot of people because i i was a really big fan of Rurouni kenshin uh like as a kid and stuff and you know collected all the manga and stuff and, and it's not like i had a ton of you know love for for watsky in particular or anything but uh just just like knowing that you know this person who i grew up reading his stuff is like oh great he's just one of the worst oh. kinds of human beings imaginable <laughs> I don't know if we have, it's hard to make jokes about this. So I don't know if we have any funny things to say. I made a joke on Twitter, but I think I'm done with the jokes about Watsky no, being a pedophile. The, no, the only, the only joke that you can do is just quote RT that, uh, the story and just be like, bye bitch. That's the only joke. Right. Because you're never going to hear from this guy again. So moving, moving on from the, the, uh, pedophilia angle, the pedophilia segment of the Anagamers podcast. Yeah. I'm, there's going to be like a dedicated block to just you know being like hey this guy is 
What do you, what do you think he is, guys? Oh yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's yeah. a good thing. We should have a segment for like oh, this oh, it's like famous a, who's, who's this dude. Pokemon? But it's like who's this pedophile? <laughs> Well, I was going to make it more general, right? Because we've got all the, like, sexual harassment stuff. So it's just like, we could have a... I mean, we haven't had a ton in anime, but I'm sure they're coming. Or in, like, related stuff. Uh, of, like, who... Okay, like, who's this week's uh, new, like, piece of shit sexual harasser oh, no. dude? No, we can, have, <laughs> we can have people write in. We can have people write in. Like, who do you think next week's uh, pedophile uh, allegation is going to be? Yeah, I'm pretty into this. Uh, let's just take them all down. Get rid of them. <laughs> okay. We're just going to keep on going until there's no more pedophiles right. in anime, manga, or video right. games. Yeah, that'll... Right. And then we will... The, the, and somehow there will still be anime being made, despite the fact that we got rid of all the pedophiles. It just... Yeah. It's a pedophile industry. I hate to break it to everybody. I mean, it's like... It's fucked up. I yeah. can guarantee you that there are tons and tons of these people making famous anime and manga that you don't realize yet are pedophiles. Well, just uh, just watch the news, guys. Anyway, moving on from watch that. In video game news, we we talked a little bit last episode, I think, or a couple episodes ago about uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two, and the big news over the course of the past couple weeks has been uh, what went down with their loot box thing, <laughs> where they basically had this like extremely. I mean, it's, it, I guess it was like it's pretty typical for the way games work now, but you know. just like a a very loot box centric model where you in order to get like all these upgrades you you basically have to play for people were saying you would have to play the game for like a couple dozen hours hours or something yeah like 80 hours or something to unlock like one hero or you could just pay to get the hero right the only game I play that has a lot of loot boxes is is Overwatch, but but even, like Overwatch is way more ethical than any of this stuff because <laughs> it's like all you unlock is skins and things. You don't really unlock anything that changes the game or like lets you play as a different character. So Battlefront Two makes you better the more time and money that you spend in it. Right, J- just like life, which is a meritocracy and totally works well, that way. It's like yeah. yeah, it's life. It's a small microcosm of just life in 2017. Uh. Well, I mean, I was sort of making the joke that life isn't like that. <laughs> the more money and time no, no, you, you put you in, spend, you spend more money. I guess the money and, part, well, yeah, actually, that's true. yeah. The thing, no, no, it's it's totally like real life because you spend more money, you spend more money, and you could actually just completely fuck up your uh, your rolls. You might pull complete garbage <laughs> no matter how much money that you spend it. But it doesn't matter because if you have like a ton of money, you can just spend on garbage and garbage until you get what you want. Okay, that's true. Battlefront Two is exactly like life. Yes. The and because it's exactly like life, nobody bought it. So the gamers, the gamers fought back and the gamers won, which is crazy. Yes. yes. Cla- uh, applause for the gamers, yeah, let's, please. Let's really just a uh, moment of silence to respect the, the many gamers who, uh, who f- <laughs> we lost in this struggle. <laughs> who fought and perished in the battle against Electronic Arts. <laughs> so they, uh, there was a lot of backlash. And I guess, I mean, EA turned around and... They were like, okay, we're going to take out basically all the loot box stuff, at least temporarily, and then bring it back. Uh, and I'm not sure if they brought it back yet. I don't I don't have the game because I just had too much other stuff going on, despite the fact that I want to support Mitch Dyer, former yeah. host of this show, mm-hmm. who wrote uh, or co-wrote. Uh, he's one of the writers. I forget exactly how involved he is, but he's one of the writers on the, uh, the story for the game. But uh, despite that, I have not bought it yet. But supposedly yes. the loot boxes got taken out. And EA was like, oh, we're, they have a, 
the statement they put out where they were like apologizing for it. Uh, we turned uh yeah, we, we hear you loud and clear. So we're turning off all in-game purchases. We will now spend more time listening, adjusting, balancing, and tuning. Ah, oh, doesn't look like they can actually fix it. They're going to rehab. They're going to video game publisher rehab. <laughs> <laughs> They'll think long and hard about uh, the mistakes that they've made. Yeah. And then come out of rehab yeah, and do the exact same shit again. Uh-huh. I was talking, uh, you know, that day, that uh, that day that we spent together in New York, I was talking to my buddy, Steven, before we caught up with you, I was talking about the Battlefront 2 thing. And I was telling him, like, you know, for the longest time in the lead up, to something like battlefront 2 people were just talking non-stop like how do we monetize the video games how do we get people to not just buy once but to buy a potentially infinite amount of times after the games come out and things you know we had stuff like dlc mm -hmm. and just like stuff that was like on this content that was just locked until you paid for it and it just games are aiming to become like phone games but they're doing a very bad job about it yeah, they're trying to be because platforms. The you know, yeah. they're they're trying. They don't they don't want to be like a movie that you just, which is kind of how mm -hmm. they worked before a little bit, or like or a book or whatever, where you just release it and then you buy it and you consume it and you're done. Uh -huh. Right <clears throat> now, now it's just it's like it's an object that just skins you alive, but like very slowly, just like a very thin layer of skin, and then you just keep on going until it's like it's just too painful to keep keep on going, and then you either you either commit to the game until you die, or then you just decide like I want to grow my skin back. And by skin, I mean money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's a subject that I, I kind of, I find kind of fascinating and scary because it's, it's not just games. It's like software in general is kind of headed <laughs> in this direction, right? No, it's like X, it's X as a service. Yeah, everything has to be a but service just, or a platform. On... It can't be just a thing that you buy uh -huh. anymore. Right. And I think we're just going to get saturated to the point of it where it's like nobody is buying these things because they realize like, oh, well, I can't actually enjoy it because everything costs money. Yeah, I mean, I, and I do like web development and design stuff. And like Photoshop is now subscription based. Sketch just moved to subscription based. You can't just like buy an application and be like, all right, I'm just going to use this application. <laughs> so the kicker for this Battlefront 2 story is, did you hear about this? It's that now the government's getting involved. Yeah, you got to regulate that shit. Japan's already started to regulate their gacha games because they were doing stuff that was like, you can only get certain items if you like spend an infinite amount of money. Right. And it basically comes down to that. Like these systems have to be like, you cannot game people into just spending money until they get the thing. Yeah. And I mean, there's like, an interesting point right that it is kind of like gambling it basically is gambling it's just done in this virtual yeah. form no, it's fully it's 100 gambling like people are trying to talk it around it like it's not gambling but it absolutely is yeah and uh I mean, you gotta take it from me i'm a gambler like i will <laughs> i take my gotcha games and i will sink some money into it the thing is though i like i sink mon money into it and i can walk away like i'll be pissed off or happy or whatever mm -hmm. but you know i've accepted that that's just a part of the game but you know, it's not it's not like when Battlefront 2 was just like it was specifically designed for you to spend money into it. It was not there's no route into just playing the game, enjoying it for what it is without spending the money. Right. At least not a practical one. Right. No. And at that point, it's just it's just a, a grindy. Right. Slot. It's like nominally there's a way to play the game to get it. But but that's not what it's designed for. No. 
again like compare that to overwatch where you can just buy the loot boxes but but i find at least you you accrue enough loot boxes through normal play that i don't feel like i'm being cheated right right because uh, i've never paid for, i've never done a microtransaction in overwatch i'm just like oh cool i got i you know i got a couple skins i have like a fair amount of nice skins in that game that i got through just playing the game right so anyway government got involved so now uh these hawaii representatives uh chris lee and sean quinlan held a news conference you see this video where the guy's oh. like talking about i saw screenshots <laughs> he's like this is serious shit he's like we have to stop these uh these gambling video games and the, the part that everybody liked is that he at one point and it's i hadn't seen the video till recently he says this with no smirk no wink or anything he, he says these games it's it's a trap and just moves right along and keeps talking Whoa. like no he doesn't he doesn't let wow. on that it's supposed to be a reference oh god <laughs> Yeah, you know, you remember how like 10, 15 years ago, like the gamers were very just embattled with government and it's like everybody was saying like, yeah, you can't regulate video games like this. Yeah, welcome to 2017 now where we're like, we, uh, (laughs) we kind of need some, uh, I don't know. We need, we need somebody to talk to these publishers and just tell them like, Hey, you guys are kind of fucking, it is really funny. Yeah. It's like the, the gamers were like, get the government out of the games. I want freedom to play all the games I want. And now they're like, and then the publishers are like, Oh, you want freedom? Oh, now they're like, like, please regulate the publishers. Please save us from video games. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's fucked up is for, it's for like, it's mostly like the kids are getting really messed up over here. Right. Right. Cause the kids will just load up their parents' cart and just like, you know, Spend away, just wail, wail on your, wail on your mom's visa. Yep. Yeah, video games are dangerous now. They actually are dangerous, not in like the uh, shoot up your school dangerous, but in the um, lose the house. Yeah, it's funny, right? Everybody thought, everybody thought that the danger was going to be that they would cause people to like kill people. Nope, just causes you to waste a whole bunch of money. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it all comes back to what a video game is. It's a product. It's a waste of money. Sometimes it makes you happy. Sometimes it doesn't yep all right well that's depressing let's move on to something uh that's also maybe a little depressing (laughs) Uh, before we're gonna talk about this uh we're i can't i don't want to go into it too much because i'm about to do a podcast episode about it on anime world order but david you watched in this corner of the world i did i did i was uh I, uh, I made a post about it. I said, like, in, in this corner of the world, it's just in, extremely fucked my entire shit up. Yep, that's what it does. And it got it got noticed, it got noticed by Evan, who never notices my tweets, but it, that, that one stood out <laughs> hey, for him. Hey, I sometimes notice your tweets, all right? I'm like your publicist. I'm there to find the best David tweets <laughs> and let the world know about them so that you get that more followers. That was a choice tweet. It was a choice tweet because nobody else... Nobody else has said anything in the line of what that... Of what, like, I said and felt about the uh, about that movie. A lot of people were saying like, "Yeah, that movie didn't like really touch me the first time, but it was the second time that oh, it like." Oh, I didn't see people say that. that that's me. that's what it was for me. I heard a lot. I heard a lot of that actually. Um, but no, this movie was like an immediate, just like it. It got. It didn't just like crawl under my skin. It just it be, like became infused into a part of my soul. So we should and we then, should tell people what this movie is because I don't think I've described yeah. it on the show before. Uh, in this corner of the world uh, is... You, you'll, do, you'll do a better job, Evan. You take, you take it. Yeah. It's a uh, feature film, anime, uh, based on a manga by Fumio Kono, who is a manga artist who like started her career as a, 
she did like pet manga before she moved into doing uh, these period pieces about World War II, which is what In This Corner of the World is. And it's about a young girl. She's relatively young throughout. She's like a teenager, basically, throughout the whole thing, uh, though they don't make her age super clear. And she grows up in Hiroshima uh, pre-war. And then during the war, around the time of the war, she gets married off to a family in Kure, which is a couple towns over from Hiroshima, and moves there with them. And then most of the movie is her um, just kind of adjusting to life in Kure, adjusting to life in, in wartime, and, you know, dealing with things like food rations, and kind of dealing with her own personal struggles of, like, this family that, she, you know, it's like a, kind of an arranged-ish marriage. Uh, and so it's like, you know, she doesn't really love her husband uh, and she's trying to come to terms with that and like find some kind of happiness in all of that. Uh, and it's also meticulously researched and uh, like sort of based very heavily on on like firsthand testimony of what life was like at the time. Um, yeah. And it's uh, it's really f weirdly funny, but also sad. At it's a funny lot of points. throughout. It's like a, it's, a very it's true so, to life. It's sublime, really really this uh it's it's a war film really yeah. it's honestly like one one viewing of it is all i really need to see i i feel like this is another movie where it's just much like grave of the fireflies it's a movie you want to see once and then maybe never again no way man i could rewatch both of those movies over i and never over. i never want to watch any of these movies again not at least not like not like immediately after like maybe five to ten years from now but i feel like that's a long enough period of time where i could just be like you know some of the memories are not quite as clear but yeah wow wow that movie just it uh that really got me yeah it's i think the what we mentioned about it being both funny and sad is like a part of the strength of it right that the sad parts of it feel much more impactful because you've seen what these characters look like when they're happy and you've gotten to know them Sometimes as people yeah, sometimes it's just like it's funny and it's sad yep. at the same time. And I don't know how you like managed to do it. I don't know whether to laugh or to cry. Well, it's like it's it, again, it's like that's very true to life. Right. I mean, that that's yeah. it's like I'm laughing. I'm laughing just so that I don't cry. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it has that that feeling throughout where it's like a bad thing happens, but they're kind of, you know, they find the comedy in it because what else can you do? Right. 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 Uh, wow. Yeah. And it's. I think it does a really great job of telling a war story without being only about the war. It uh, it's it's just it's very like just gorgeous. It's like a it's a it is a war film, but it's just it's beautiful throughout. Right, but it's also about like I I kind of alluded to it before, but like I I found the the stuff about just her personal struggles and and like this need right. for fulfillment is like something that that extends beyond the war, right? It's also, it's about her marriage. It's about her relationships with people. It's about her family, mm -hmm. like, and how she's kind of struggling against all of those things at the same time and how they, they mirror each other. Or they sometimes conflict with each other. Yeah. It's just, it's just got a lot going on. Like if it was like simply, you know, I've made a very, uh, I made, I made a decision. Like I said, like, you know, Grave of the Fireflies is probably, at, the, at this point it's like it's just it's too famous i think it's like a little <laughs> too bit, cool like you it's a, it's a, it's safe from criticism really but i really do prefer the way that in this corner of the world presents the the war as an event that is happening but at the same time 
it, these are people that are not, they're not on the front mm-hmm. lines. They're not in planes. They're not, they're not on, on the, on the ships. They are by the coast. They're living their lives. They're rationing out food. They're trying to become inventive and just try and kind of survive through this period in time. And it's that, I think it's that aspect of it where it's like, this could be anybody's story. Yeah, that's very and true. Really like that. That's what really gets to me. While Grey of the Fireflies is like, it, it, it is about the event. Well, I think it's also, I think they're both really essential movies. Like, I think it's, if you want to get an anime glimpse into the war, they're both like really important movies to watch. And I actually right. haven't seen uh, the Barefoot Gen anime, but uh, supposedly that's another one that's like, you know, a really essential viewing because that's about the the actual because in this corner doesn't directly cover it in the same way but like barefoot again is directly about like people in hiroshima who who experienced the bomb right uh mm-hmm. but i think like i yeah obviously i wasn't i you know i don't know firsthand but my understanding is like those are both very true stories in fact grave of the fireflies i think is uh it's based on a book written by a war survivor who had like a somewhat similar experience happen right and so he it's like takes elements from his real life so they're both very those are things that happen to to people in some form or another right i mean the grave of the fireflies one i think is the extreme it's like the people whose lives were just completely and utterly destroyed by the war and in this corner are people who who just just squeaked by right like they they managed to make it out with something but they but it's yeah but they're like they're just changed right. completely by the end of it and i think it's it's maybe that there's there's more people in this in that second group than in the first group right like the first one is has a this poetic kind of it, like just it has this melodrama to it of of just being like the most extreme mm-hmm. version of it but like there's a lot of people who experience the war i think the way that suzu does in in this corner of the world that like they 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 weren't they didn't just have everything completely taken away from them but they were just faced with these challenges that were you know maybe beyond what they could handle at the time and they they might might have managed to survive it but they like you said they they came out very different and they it changed their outlook on the world right it's such a beautiful movie i don't want to spoil more i think in the awo show i'm gonna we're gonna be able to like talk spoilers but i don't want to spoil the movie for people here it's out now on on uh, home video. I I got my copy. I think you got your copy. I did. So people should pick it up and uh, watch it. The Blu-ray is pretty cheap. Blu-ray DVD combo pack. Yeah, it's like like eleven dollars. Yeah, just buy like it, everybody. Please buy this movie. It's so good. <laughs> you also on a completely different subject. On a little bit totally more on less sort of note, like serious war movie stuff. Uh, you watched some Fate Apocrypha. I watched a little bit of it, uh, mostly just because you were watching it. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, like, I know. I mean, I was repeatedly telling Evan, like, I'm watching this Netflix or not. And then it finally came out on Netflix. And then I'm like, well, I want to talk about it on the podcast eventually. So I guess I'll just go to work, but leave Apocrypha playing in the background so that Evan's happy. <laughs> so, I'll pretend I didn't hear uh, that. I've... <laughs> I've... Uh, I've put one one notch in the uh, amount of people that have seen Apocrypha on Netflix, so we are it's fa- it's fair game for me. Apocrypha is bad, Evan. 
It's not good. Yeah, I mean, the, some of the animation was nice in like in the first episode, so I was kind of like, oh, well, all right, that's a nice touch. At least the action animation's got some some nice uh, kind of. I don't think it's him, but it's that in that kind of uh, Yutaka Nakamura, like very flashy action animation uh, school of, of, you know, style of animation. But then it just went like full fate and spent the entire episode with people sitting in front of coffee tables talking about just yeah, nonsense made up words. <laughs> they do that a lot. You know, it's just it's such a it's just such a heavy anime in terms of how much is in it, because it's not just seven yep, servants. 14. It's like, like team like team red versus team black. It's like they made it into like a sport. Yeah. So it's too many servants. Uh, most of the masters are like super boring. None of them are really interesting. I saw some of some them of the introduced too, in the first episode, like, and just... I was like, these characters all just look like very boring archetypes. Yeah, you know, you've got like the nerd brother who's worried about his uh, his sister all the time, and the uh, the drunken uncle. Right. Dracula's in it. Um, a kid who doesn't remember his name or anything who must rise up and become the hero of the show. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's just, it's, uh, it's not written by. Also, Nasu. wait, it's hold another up. guy. The, the villains, when they introduce them at the end of the first episode and it's like that group of four or so. And it's like, like you said, like the nerdy brother kid or whatever. And there's like the drunk uncle and the girl in the wheelchair. And then the sort of like sexy looking lady or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> like, I, all I could think of was it's just the um, it's Fire Emblem Fates, <laughs> where where like the two families have the same exact pattern of characters, just like oh one's the black team and one's the white team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Apocrypha was written like way before Fates, but so uh, in either case, it I I don't imagine it's quite as good as previous stuff. Like Fates, I don't think I hear about Fates quite as much as I hear about. Oh, Fates Awakening. was not as good. I didn't even finish Birthright, dude. I was so excited for that game, and I never Ooh. even finished it. Yeah, the only interesting characters in Apocrypha are actually Mordred and her master, who is uh, like a a leather shotgun dad. Oh, right. That was also weird. He seemed right. a little overdone. That like main character who's like just just he's he's it's like like a you know male power fantasy character of just like i'm a cool guy <laughs> i got a leather jacket and scars he's 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 like he's just duke yeah nukem he's duke in nukem. Anime. <laughs> wait duke nukem could be a he, servant he, though he has like almost the thing is his 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 character is so unique he's just like he has no he sticks out in every scene that is he's he the in. main character no, there's nobody. Because he kind of seems presented. The only guy as the main that's kind of the main character, the only guy that's kind of the main character, shows up in like episode two or three, and he's just an amnesic uh, dude without a name. Uh, <laughs> and he's the worst. See, I would almost. <laughs> he is honestly I would almost the worst. Appreciate it if like the leather daddy dude was the main character because anime never does that. It's like it, yeah, it only wants to have these like that. you know timid nerd characters be the main character, but it's like, hey, why not? Sometimes just have like. I know it's it, it's its own stereotype, but it's a stereotype that anime doesn't do very often of like having that right. kind of like alpha male dude or whatever be the main character. And it's like you could at least yeah. it's something different. I'm not saying it's like yeah. super unique because like American movies and video games do it all the time. But 
like fate did that before with fate zero where like kiritsugu was equally as competent right. as saber which was a really like just they felt like you know, partners you had the regular, instead of the weird dynamic yeah. going on in where she was like his mom well, they, or something yeah. <laughs> well i mean like they I mean, they did hate each other, but like then you had uh, Iris Veal mm-hmm. there, who was just kind of the in between for Saber and Kiritsu. Right. But in this point, it's like it's Shotgun Dad and uh, Saber's son, who's also a girl. Wait, yeah, I didn't pick up on that totally because Mordred, come on, is Mordred female? Yeah. Okay, because yeah, but what's the deal with the son part? Because she also was using Ore, so I was a little bit like. Okay, so is that just she talks like a dude? No, it's just Nasu making characters that are like, well, you thought it was a guy, but it was actually uh, a girl. Okay. Yeah. In any case, it's like it's almost all bad except for those two. Right. I guess the Jack the Ripper stuff is okay, but it's also super edgy. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. It's and just and the whole... let's be real. No Jack the Ripper story will ever be better than the jojo's part one jack the ripper <laughs> who hides inside of the body of a horse <laughs> of a still living horse i believe i feel like the horse wasn't yes, actually yes. dead yet and he pops the out horse wasn't dead yet. Oh, jojo's was so good that's the best jack yeah, the ripper guess, you can never beat that jack the ripper yeah but uh i guess people like it i don't know why they like it i haven't seen a reason why they like it and i'm already like way past the uh first season that's on netflix yeah but we're only talking about the first season. And let me tell you, the first season kind of sucks. So uh, don't watch it unless you don't care about what I say. In, in any case, about on a better fate-related subject, uh, Heaven's Feel Part 1, the movie. That came out in theaters in America yeah. a little while ago. That was an extremely tight movie, Evan. I think you would like it. Yeah, you were telling me when we were hanging out in New York that it's like a murder mystery or like a It's like thriller. a slasher film. A slasher film, like, right, Yeah, right. it's a slasher film with servants. It's so like, oh God, they absolutely knew what they were doing when they were adapting the story. The problem with Heaven's Feel is that you had a lot of nerds for years saying that Heaven's Feel is the least adaptable uh, storyline in the original visual novel, which... You know, to their credit, like, yeah, a lot of it is spent in bed, either, like, having, like, weird dreams or, like, weird sex stuff, or there was just a ton of cooking scenes, and, like, yeah, okay, fair. But Heaven's Feel is about the, um, do you remember the meek girl from, because uh, you, you watched the Studio Dean show, Yeah, it's, right? uh, what, Sakura? Sakura, yeah. yeah. So every, like, every route there in, uh, uh, Fate Stay Night was either it was about Saber or about Ren or about Sakura. So now, finally, after that kind of mediocre Unlimited Blade Works anime that was focused on Ren, now we're going to focus on Sakura. And it's essentially the same story. You know, Shiro summons a servant, gets embroiled in the Holy Grail War, fight like six other guys, and eventually get the Grail. You know, everybody knows the story. The problem with everybody knowing the story is that Heavens feel kind of like as an adaptation, you kind of need some background in fate. So I can't say, like, you can't walk into Heaven's Feel like, oh, I don't know anything about fate. Let me just start with this thing. Well, do you need to have watched the other two adaptations? No, I mean, just watch just watch Unlimited Blade Works and you'll kind of understand. I mean, well, I, mean I, so I, I never watched all of UBW. I only saw... Um, it's not wonderful. It's, it's, like, it's solid, 
but you'll at least get the gist of what the story is supposed to be about because Heaven's Feel is just kind of like, well, what if Shiro decided to stay in the school like until really late at night? It's like it's one of those visual novel things where it's like yeah. there was a choice <laughs> and like it branched either like you either went home to go summon Saber or you went to, uh, f- I don't know, fix a VCR in the school. And it's just such a critical decision at that moment that like it's either Heaven's Feel or it's Unlimited Blade Works, depending on what you do. Yeah, I only like so, I only really like that first episode, the episode zero of Unlimited Blade Works, because it was all was about really Rin and Shiro wasn't in it. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this yeah. is cool. And then it just didn't do yeah. that. <laughs> I wish I would wish they just adapted it straight through to just be like a Rin story. Yeah, she's way more um, interesting. It's the usual like harem thing or whatever, where the girls are way more interesting than the guy. Yeah. And it's like, just get yeah, him well, out of there and tell a story about them doing cool shit. Yeah. You know, the thing that's he- difficult about Heaven's Feel is that Sakura herself isn't, like, super interesting. I mean, she's got, like, a ton of, like, a childhood trauma stuff, but I don't know if people want to see that in a movie. Yeah, I, it's I like really wonder, like, is, it, is it, you know, exploitative, just sort of, like, you know, the childhood trauma, like, like she's just there to be a victim of childhood trauma? Yeah, well, I was telling you, it's like... You know, they could have gone full dick worms. They didn't go full dick worms for the uh, for the movie. I mean, they're they're in there, but it's not like it's not like the visual novel, which was pretty explicit. It's after after building up the background, it uh, it makes a pretty quick turn into being kind of like Sakura's revenge, but in the in the background because there's a lot of stuff going on. There's just, like, a lot of details, like, the news will start, like, relaying some sort of story. You know, people have passed out. There's been murders all over the town, stuff like that. And she was kind of adult, but, you know, you kind of expect that from him because you don't know. Or rather, the uh, the story hasn't gotten to the part where he's, like, summoned Saber yet. Or, like, they've summoned Saber, but they don't know what to do. And the thing about Heaven's Feel is that it's the route that kind of breaks all of the rules which is why I wouldn't recommend it as a starting mm. point for people that are going to watch it. Because Unlimited Blade Works stuck very closely to what the uh, structure of the Holy Grail was supposed to be, while Heaven's Feel confronts the past and it ties in Fate Zero and all this other stuff to what Fate is supposed to kind of be about in the end. Fate is about, like, you know, finally there's uh, like a, a generation later that is going to answer for the, I guess, for like the crimes of the of the uh the parents in a way because it's like you got three families that have participated in the previous grail war and there's uh there's kire who survived the last grail war and but he's kind of really messed up so now all these elements are in play where finally there'll be some sort of resolution coming out and it's not going to be pretty because let me tell you, Evan, some of the violence in this movie, mm-hmm. I don't know how they got a PG 13 rating. Really? It is. It is intense. I would it also imagine like, if they're going to like do the dick worm stuff, it's going to not be PG 13 the whole way through. Well, they've all, oh, they've already threatened if they have to, they'll adapt the, uh, the arrow content. Right. If it's like story critical and they can't get around it, they will fully do it. They almost did it. It was a dream sequence, uh, which was supposed to be uh, a sex scene, but they didn't do it. They almost did it. They were they were like edging very close to doing it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I probably won't check it out in theaters, but maybe maybe later. Yeah, you can't check it out in theaters, Evan. It, this is like a once know, in a lifetime thing where it like it airs once and then that's it. You can't watch it anymore. Well, I, I wasn't sure like when the. Oh, yeah, I guess there was a screening in San Francisco a couple yeah. weeks. And then back, the Blu-ray so. will be Aniplex, and then I'll 
maybe buy it. I don't know. It depends. I bought the keys of Blu-rays and I think like I've just retired from purchasing anime ever again. Yeah, that that'll last. <sighs> that that will actually last a long we'll time. See. Let me tell you, the last time since I bought anime, you just bought in Kizu this corner. Was, and before then. OK. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, yeah, the, the thing is, 2017 has been very good for theatrical anime. Yeah. When Kizu came out. Yeah. I mean, I watched a silent voice recently, oh. but I don't know if I'm like, oh. I, like, <laughs> I kind of want to wrap up. So maybe we can talk about that in a future show. But I did watch that Kyoto Animation silent voice movie and mm, mm, Baby, Kyoto Animation. No. Mm. We'll we'll talk about that. I'm not we'll the biggest Kyoto Animation fan. So let's move on and answer some questions before we get out of here. We did say this was going to be the questions podcast, but then it ended being up being a, news podcast. a lot of other garbage. I said we were thinking about doing a questions podcast, and it really... Yeah, I thought you said we were absolutely doing it 100%. I believe I said in the tweet, we're thinking of doing a question show, and then not enough people sent questions, so it's not a complete question show. So... Yeah, okay, so you saved yourself with just the usage of thinking. Okay. Yep, that's right. Usage of thinking is how I usually save myself. <laughs> So, Ugh, slippery. at sign, Doc Glendale on Twitter asks, when is Evan going to watch Tesagure Bukatsumono? It's literally just more Gudu Gudu fairies. I didn't want to come off as naggy, but I'm probably got to ask for the third time in 2019 if you don't. I think he means probably going to ask. Mm-hmm. So, I, I've, people have either told me this show is complete shit or my exactly my jam, and I don't know who to believe. I haven't checked it out. This is the one about like the it's like the CG show about the girls who are in like a club for girls with big boobs or something, right? It sounds extremely <laughs> not like my shit. <laughs> I feel like people should know you by now, Evan. You don't really like watch stuff on time. Yeah. Well, this came out a while Gudu ago. Gudu Fairies this came was out already out for like a while. Gudu Gudu Fairies was like that that had been around before you got around to watching it. Uh, didn't that come out in like 20 20- 12 or something but i don't know around when it wasn't we like it. super new i i think like the thing is like all of Gudu Gudu fairies was out by the time you decided to watch it yeah it wasn't you were like watching Gudu Gudu fairies as it was airing like as it was being released on crunchyroll okay wait i'm looking at this wikipedia okay so i think the reason why this got why uh doc glendale's recommending it to me i didn't know much about tesagure bukatsumono and i still don't really know yeah, I don't think it's... I don't know why I thought this... Maybe I'm confusing with another show that had that, like, theme of all the girls having big boobs or something, which I immediately wrote off as not being worth my time. Uh, this one, I think, is just girls in a club being idiots or something. And it's directed by Kotaro Ishidate, who I think is the uh, Gudu Gudu Fairies guy. So, yeah, I should probably watch it, Doc Glendale. I don't know if you're a real doctor, so I don't know if I should trust you, but Dr. Glendale... I'll probably watch it, and then we'll talk about it on the show. Have you have you watched this thing, David? No. Got another question. Uh, I think this will actually be last question. Uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulty, so we got to wrap up here. It's from at sign Nazel. Who is y'all's favorite Lottle character? Uh, that's uh, what is that? League of the Legends. Yeah, I thought it was the uh, Legacy of the uh, Galactic Heroes or something like that. Right, Legacy of the Galactic, but the L in Galactic Heroes is capitalized. <laughs> That's why it's an L. Uh, this is Land of the Lustrous. Who's your favorite Land of the Lustrous character, and which one is the most you? 
And Evan, your articles talk about how good the animation is. Can you pinpoint why it's so much better than other CG shows? So I just wrote an article about Land of the Lustrous for Otaku USA. It'll be Check out it in a out. couple months. Uh, I did talk about why the CG is good. So please read the article, but I'll, I'll give a little summary here. Basically, okay, for, for, I got to start with favorite character, right? So my favorite character is the only true choice, and it's Foss. Foss is the best. Foss is uh, the main character with the green hair, and they are extremely high energy and have delusions of grandeur and are always making faces at people and, and making bad jokes, and they're bad at everything. So they're basically, uh, as, as David has pointed out, they, they are Akko. Yeah, it's just it's just Akko. If, if you make an Akko uh, character, then Evan's, that's just Evan's character there. Yep. Just give me... Just give me characters who are just very high energy idiots that nobody is willing to tolerate in the show. Yeah, they're the ones that will sell like the least merch compared to their friends. Yeah, there isn't an equivalent to Susie, though. I don't think. Mm, oh, there kind of is. They introduced a character like Amethyst or something that's kind of a Susie character. I think uh, I think people that like Susie are like way more intense than uh, than like the the Aqua freaks or the uh, the other name. What's the what's the other one? <laughs> Latte. Glasses Don't girl. be mean to Latte. <laughs> Nobody Glasses remembers girl. her. Glasses girl. Yeah. Get out of here. She's nice. All right. She's, she's just. Good. She's got to tolerate the other two. <laughs> I can't remember her name. <laughs> she's like the it's one like, you like... actually want to hang out with in real life. You know what <laughs> no, I mean? No, it's like, no, no, like no, the no, other no. two. You had, no. The other two are like funny, but you wouldn't actually want to hang out with the real life versions Evan, of them. <laughs> Evan Latte. Latte is the. Um, the person that you speak to at a party for like 20 minutes before you realize you don't have their name <laughs> you're having such a good time but you're like wait oh no oh no i don't have their name yeah and then you never get her name and you're like ah whatever it's fine and then it never fine. affects your life but you remember akko's name but you only because Akko's you hate her you're like who's that annoying girl and they're like that's Shit. akko and you're like all right i'm gonna avoid her <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Foss is the best. The most you... I feel like sometimes I'm Foss because I'm... You're not high energy, though. Sometimes I am. Are you? You've never shown me high energy. Yeah, I don't know. But but I, I, I think probably I was thinking about it. Maybe I'm like the doctor character. I can't remember their name. But they're kind of always like ribbing and they're like ribbing the other characters and they're they're kind of sarcastic and stuff yeah, so that's been ribbon meal for like three hours now that's true i've been doing a lot of ribbing today okay so then to answer the question about the animation in it so a couple things i like about land of the lustrous animation one thing is that it embraces what cg can do the it uses like uh 3d materials to do like the translucent gemstone looking hair and that's something that would be very difficult with hand-drawn animation kind of letting that light refract through it and things like that uh they also do some stuff with like liquid fluid effects that are they look a little less good but i'm kind of interested in the fact that they're trying them that they're they're actually like doing these simulation effects that that 3d lets you do but more importantly the character animation has this attention to detail in the, the timing and the posing of the characters that I think is really important uh, and like makes it to feel a lot different from a lot of other 3D anime. So some of like the Sakuga people, like I think Kevin Yu Yu Kao has talked about this, but there was this uh, 
he he posted a thing about how they do a lot of uh 2d work mixed in in land of the lustrous so either they have they switch to a 2d uh scene for something like they, they animate a character in 2d and then you know go back and forth between that and 3d and they do that pretty nicely or they animate a 2d face and then map it onto a 3d model those are both great but that's not exactly what i'm talking about it's actually like the 3d models are moving with this sort of springiness and this uh this like energy that you don't always see in 3d anime uh, it's not a limitation of 3D animation itself. I think it's just a limitation, a limitation of how 3D animators work in anime. And it's kind of like the, the good way that they're doing it is is kind of having the characters. It's hard to describe, but it's kind of they're like the way that they accelerate and sort of snap into place and stuff and like move into these poses has like a springiness to it that you don't always get. That things kind of feel more floaty when they kind of let the the computer interpolate the frames and the timing is more automatic. And it feels like they're not doing that, like they're being a lot more deliberate. It reminds me of like Cassette Girl and stuff like that, which also has a lot of more deliberate timing to it. That's why you should watch it, David. It's good CG. I'm probably not. Come on. Are you know you... how hard it is for either of us to watch a show? Yeah, but it's, this is like we... the good show. This is the show that will re... Like, you know, rekindle your faith in anime. I it's really good. Watch, I don't watch good shows, and I also don't have any faith in any of my media anymore. That's true. I mean, I don't have faith in anything. Uh, I don't so. believe in anything. That's I just true. told you that everything is fake. Okay, Evan? I am holding that close, because it's the only, the only thing to believe in that will protect me in these trying times, that everything is fake. Well, you know what's not fake? is our email address podcast at anygamers.com that if you email it will take you to a real inbox where you can send us questions uh apologies for for only answering a handful this episode but please send us uh send us questions whenever you want if you want like advice on some anime to watch or you have a question about some life advice you have questions about like animation technique stuff like what i just talked about i'm always happy to answer things about that just try not to sell me anything because i'm not buying yeah don't sell david anything uh david uh just no money no money to no. give out to you no you can follow us on twitter you can also send us questions there uh but of of course you you have like a 240 character limit unless you're in japan and then twitter hates you and you have fewer than 240 characters 280 really, yeah, like 280 characters they uh, changed Japanese it or something still, like they can still write like novel length tweets that's true the, yeah okay so we're basic. still bitter about the japanese right we're bitter about the japanese tweet character counts still just checking I think I'm on just that. bitter that their language is just much more suited for Twitter than English. Got it. So we're bitter about Japanese language in general. Uh, if you want to follow us being bitter about the Japanese language on Twitter, uh, I am at sign VAMPTVO, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. At sign QX20XX. You guys should know this by now. And you can follow the Anigamers official account at sign Anigamers. You can also follow us on Mastodon, the decentralized social network. I am VAMPTVO at Mastodon.social. I'm at 20xx at sign caro.ccsakura.jp. And you can get more information about the podcast on anygamers.com slash podcast. We have show notes and download links and good stuff there. Also, please check out Old Takuno Radio, our sister show. It's published kind of in line in our feed, and they also have their own feed and stuff on the site. So you can subscribe to us in your podcatcher of choice, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, pretty much anything will work. And check out our articles on AnnieGamers.com, the main website. Uh, I am still 
promoting my 12 principles of anime article. I'd like everybody to check that out if you're curious about animation techniques in anime. And I'm writing for Otaku USA magazine as usual. It's my uh, Lend Illustrious article. Evan's saving all the good stuff for other people. Right. And I also uh, have some articles in the latest issue. I actually remember what's in there, I think. I did some manga reviews for Red Colored Elegy, which is really cool, and Kitaro the Vampire Slayer, which is uh, one of the volumes of Gegege no Kitaro that's out in English. And I've also got AnimeBurgerTime.tumblr.com, my sporadically updated anime hamburger-themed Tumblr blog. David, what do you got on your I got, blog? I got I got QX20XX.tumblr.com, which just updated yesterday. I wrote a review on, you know... A Girl Who Shouts Love at the Bound of the World. It's a visual novel from like 30 years ago, I think. Dang. It's, a, it's a historic thing, and I kind of complained a lot about it. Uh, it's maybe worth a read. I don't know. Check it out. Sounds good. Head on over to Tumblr for that. And before we head out, I would like, because because one of our listeners reminded me, uh, Anazel, <laughs> thank you for the reminder. Uh, I would like to mention something i mentioned on our twitter account uh, for our listeners you might have heard about this thing called net neutrality a lot of uh, a lot of websites have put up banners reminding people about it so we usually don't get into any detailed political stuff on this show we will sort of never we'll allude to it a little bit but uh in this case this is something that directly affects the the show and so i i really want to make a point about it here uh net neutrality is this principle of treating um treating ISPs, uh, internet service providers, as utilities and uh, requiring them to not interfere and you know pick favorites in the data that travels over the network. And this affects us because uh, we, in the U.S., we're about to lose the protections that uh, require ISPs to you know provide that neutrality and to to not interfere. And this has a very real potential to affect websites like ours. Uh, because especially because we're not hosted through a major blogging platform or anything uh, we're, we're self-hosted on our own platform and so uh, in a world without net neutrality uh, we your access to anti gamers might get slowed down because you didn't pay comcast for you know a, a package that includes us because we're not part of you know the wordpress package or something like that uh, yeah. so we're pretty unhappy about the uh, the rules that they're about to, or the fact that they're about to roll back these rules, and uh, like to encourage anybody listening, uh, if you live in the United States, to please contact your representatives and send messages to the FCC to convince them to not do this. Uh, we're going to need a lot more voices than we already have, which is already a lot of voices uh, telling them to back off of this to preserve the open internet as we have it right now. So we'll have those links in the show notes and you can uh, go find that stuff and contact people about it. Thanks. Please save us. <laughs> save the internet. Save the internet. That's right. That's it for us, I think, unless David wants to get on a soapbox about any other political issues. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about going offline right about now. How about that? Just I think we're, I think we're done for the day. All right. Thanks. We'll, Logging we'll catch you in about two weeks with the next episode. No promises about the near stuff, but hopefully <laughs> soon. Maybe. Don't hold your breath.
me put like a towel under under the door, like I'm trying to like stop a stop carbon monoxide from getting in. Just seems like a normal response to that. Okay. All right. Okay, so the carbon monoxide is not going to reach into the room, so let's continue. That's good. Neither is the oxygen, so that's also good. Okay. Uh, David is going to die before the end of this show, and I'm going to release the episode that's, because it's good radio. That's how I ex- fully expected to it's die while recording podcast. the Anagamers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Snuffcast. The only podcast where uh, a podcaster literally died recording. Literally the only podcast in which David Estrella dies. We got yes, the exclusive on real, that. In real life. It only works once. You can't do that trick twice. <laughs> <laughs> you can never do it on another podcast. Uh, just watch me, Evan. <laughs>